In the pantheon of crypto hacks, sim jacking is one of the worst. The hack, which is less a hack and more social engineering, is basically a form of identity theft, with the attacker swapping a victim's SIM card remotely, usually with the help of your cell phone carrier, and then breaking into their email, their crypto, their bank accounts, basically all the stuff that you definitely don't want someone breaking into. It's audacious, but it's also preventable with a little bit of awareness, and the consequences can be dire. It's also netted attackers tens of millions of dollars in loot over just the past few years. Welcome to Coindesk Explains, an occasional series from the Markets Daily team where we break down and explore the complex world of blockchains and cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. I'm John Biggs. And I'm Adam B. Levine. In today's tightly connected world, it always sucks to lose your cell phone. But when you add your money to that sentence, it's even more painful. So this time we're talking about how some people have lost their phones and with the help of clever social engineering, millions of dollars along with it. So John, you've experienced this firsthand, right? Absolutely. So back in 2017, some swapped their SIM card with mine. I guess they did it by calling T-Mobile and pretending to be me. And they were like, hello, this is John Biggs. I upgraded my phone or something and need you to transfer service to my new phone. And this clearly was not me calling, but T-Mobile must have believed them and made it happen. And now, a dramatic reenactment featuring John Biggs as the phone company rep and Adam B. Levine as the fake John Biggs. Thanks for calling your phone company. How can I help you today? Happy to help. Can you verify your account with your social security number, your blood type, and your shoe size? Actually, no. I'm in a big hurry and just need you to help me out. I'm sorry, sir. I can't help you if I can't verify your account. I'm just doing my job. Darn. Uh, okay, I'm going to call back later. Two hours later. Hello. This is another rep from your phone company. How can I help you? Hi, I'm John Biggs, and I need you to activate my new SIM card. Can I verify your account? Uh, no. That's fine. Let me make the change now. Scene ends. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much that easy. Even if the rep isn't Mrs. Doubtfire, the real trick is that if you don't succeed with the first rep, you can basically call back an unlimited number of times until your phone company support slips up, forgets security protocol, and agrees to make the change. And these guys are really clever. They add sounds like crying babies in the background and stuff. That's the social engineering part. Nobody's actually hacking or attacking your phone itself. They're taking advantage of the fact that T-Mobile support wants to help you, or at least not piss you off too much. So when somebody calls up and pretends to be you, they can wind up helping someone trying to steal from you instead. So what happened? So in this case, my carrier bought it, and they helped my hacker out by activating their new SIM card with my current number. That in turn shut off all my network services on my phone, and moments later, they allowed the hacker to change most of my Gmail passwords, my Facebook password, and they started to text on my behalf. Okay, so now they have your cell phone, they get your phone calls, they get your text messages, and you don't get any of those things. But how does that get them the ability to change all those passwords? So just about every service out there from Gmail to Facebook to Coinbase to Binance, they're all concerned you're not going to do a good job of managing your own passwords. They did something even more insecure by adding two-factor authentication via text message. A lot of companies have stopped this, but it's still a huge hole. So when your phone became their phone, now they were the ones that could reset your passwords. Yeah, so all of the two-factor notifications went by default to my phone number, which was now their phone number. So I received none of the notifications, and in about two minutes, I was locked out of my digital life. Ouch. And I noticed all this about 10 p.m., and I was lucky. I knew what was happening, and I called T-Mobile, and by 10.30, I'd reset my old SIM and began the process of changing all my passwords and hardening my two-factor accounts and T-Mobile account. Did they get anything? No, but this is a funny story. So a week before I was talking to someone in crypto on Facebook, 
I forget what about. So a few days later, after I talked to them, I got a message from the same guy who said, hey, I'm in a really bad financial situation right now. I can't get to my crypto. Can you send me six Bitcoin right now and I'll send you eight tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great deal. So did you send the Bitcoin? Luckily, no, but I figured out their MO. So when I was locked out of my accounts, the hackers pretended to be me and asked my friends to send them Bitcoin. And one of them texted one of my friends and said, if I don't get this crypto right now, they'll pull the plug on my dad at the hospital because they had figured out my dad was sick via Facebook. And the crypto friend was like, yeah, that's not how hospitals work. That's still awful. There's also the case of Nicholas Trulia, a 21-year-old New Yorker who hijacked multiple phones and actually stole millions of dollars. According to court documents, Trulia is alleged to have stolen from his father and even a dead man, but most notably, Trulia got Michael Turpin, a notable cryptocurrency investor. He used one of these socially engineered SIM swaps with Turpin's phone to steal $24 million in crypto, which led to Turpin opening a $200 million lawsuit against his cell phone provider, AT&T. And how much did this Trulio guy have when they caught him? According to court documents, he had a number of treasures. One had over $40 million in cash value of various cryptos, and the other one had over $20 million in cash value of various cryptos. It's nuts. And sounds pretty successful too. So how do you fight back? My buddy Ralph Akamendia, CEO of Seguru and Oliver Stone's tech guy, has some ideas. I talked to him today about protecting yourself from SIM hacks. You know, the attack itself is something that once you've been targeted, there's really not a hell of a lot that you can do. Obviously, by using two-factor authentication, that is something you should be doing anyway, not just for this type of SIM attack, but in general, you should be using two-factor authentication on all your apps. But it should be app-based, not SMS-based. Correct. If it's SMS-based, it doesn't do anything. If it's app-based, then obviously that would work. So two-factor everything, but not with text messages. Definitely. You never depend on your phone for security. It's just too dangerous. Always use a non-SMS-based two-factor control, which is a fancy way of saying don't use text messages. So, John, I mean, have you gotten hacked recently? Not that I can tell, really. Wait, are you calling from your phone? Yeah, trust me, Adam. Trust me. And by the way, Adam, can I borrow two Bitcoin until tomorrow? I'll pay you back three Bitcoin in the morning. Mm-hmm.